Origin Clear is a company that focuses on wastewater treatment. And hello, everyone. And welcome to the Water's New Gold CEO Briefing. Our mission is to transform the water industry. Decentralization offers us this opportunity. The plan that you've built here is super impressive. The world is experiencing a crisis in regards to water. It's a great opportunity that you are giving us investors. The decentralization of water treatment means that we no longer need to establish giant water treatment plants. Let them fight over the 20%. Let's work with the 80% that's untreated. Over 21,000 unique alternative investments. Three million jobs in the U.S. alone. Making it easy for the regular investor. All the old trends just accelerated. Lucrative and fulfilling. The vision I've got is to standardize these products. Design, build, own, and operate. We have six 65 people in the room. We got an important message here to the world. We can put a guy on the moon, but our water is horrible. Recycling all that water, it's a huge impact for the environment. Bringing new infrastructure in, drive growth in America. That's a critical part of the picture. It's a twin 125 gallon per minute RO system. I don't think we're talking about a $10 million fund. We're talking about a series of $10 million. Yeah, the opportunity itself is very big. To live, yes. Take care of the water. Not too many CEOs do a weekly briefing and are willing to talk to individual investors. Welcome aboard. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Let me just see. And Timothy Melton, blessings. And Keith Wooten says, happy birthday. Well, you're right. I mean, um, because my birthday is on the 8th, it will fall. Um, by by next Thursday, it'll be gone. It'll be over. I'll be much, much, much older. So, uh, <laughs> but that's okay because uh, you guys make me feel young all the time. So thank you, Keith, for your kind wishes. Uh, and Aku says, hi. And yes, we can see your texts. Uh, the texts only go to us, but I faithfully repeat them. So you don't have to worry about me trying to... Um, suppress them or anything. But this is gonna be a very exciting one. Now I promised to do crypto this week. Sorry, not gonna happen. It's gonna be exciting. The crypto thing is still being pulled together, um, but you will love it. Now, let me go ahead and jump right in. And uh, it's gonna be um, a very interesting report about water on demand interim services. All right, so um, of course, today is February the 3rd and um, we are helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market, and that is proving to be uh, for real. Um, and as always, you can listen in Spanish. Thank you, Heather, for uh, interpreting so well as you have been, and uh, we welcome all Spanish speakers. The Safe Harbor Statement, as usual, says that we'll do our very, very best to get it right. Uh, we it may not come out that way, but we are certainly, um, you know, uh, we do our very best to tell you exactly how it is, and we correct it as it goes. All right, now, I wanted to look back on 30 January 2020. What was happening? Ken's going to laugh about this one because, oh my gosh, I was, I was watching my own video, my own, uh, I, sorry, we've gotten much better, what can I say? Um, but it was interesting. These are the couple of the things that were going on. Of course, coronavirus is accelerating. And uh, there was, I'd been invited to the, uh, the this Indian Membrane Society IMS conference in Chennai, India on the February 14th. And it was canceled along with my keynote speech. Now, the keynote speech was about India. 
India is a tale of two cities. On the one hand, $90 billion hydro, hydrologic, uh, which means big water projects up in the uh, Himalayas to try and deal with uh, the effects of deforestation up there and all kinds of issues. At the same time, no money at all for the sewers and the cities and so forth and people dying and that kind of stuff. And my idea, which of course is the trend, is to simply um, uh, encourage people to do their own water treatment and therefore deliver treated water to these sewers. That is something that is well in the future, but the solution we've we come up with after this really was the enabler. We'll talk about that some more. <clears throat> Recession fears. At that time, um, if you want to take a look at the crude oil prices, there they were right there, January 31st, 2020, um, just teetering a little bit. It had been kind of like, yeah. And then of course it just went to, I think a negative at that time. You can go to macro trends and look at this really interesting. So uh, it didn't take long. I think by my, by my birthday, it was already like dramatically down. And that's when Ken and I really started looking at, well, what's, what's going on here and how can we make sure that, because we didn't know what was gonna happen, right? And out of that lengthy effort um, came what we're doing today. So now in that briefing, I discussed disruption and there was a picture of Elon Musk repairing his own car window in 1995. So you see that that gives hope to the rest of us that uh, we too may be billionaires someday. Um, who's, who's chatting here? Oh, Timothy, my dad's birthday is the 8th. Happy Miracle Day. Missed you, bro. Glad to be here. Well, thank you likewise, my friend. So, Timothy Belton's. All right. Um, so, watch out for the ugly duckling. It might just eat your lunch. So, that was on the 31st of January 2020. And um, I also talked about how Tesla started with a terrible car. And this was a car that was cobbled together from a Lotus Elise and um, they use the AC propulsion um, uh, uh, electrical uh, the power, power unit, um, which didn't scale well. It was good um, in the small units. And they also had a huge stack of laptop batteries, I believe, literally laptop batteries. And uh, they then had to stretch the chassis, which made it, they couldn't get the safety um, uh, certification. Um, they basically had to start fresh. Um, a friend of mine was driving one of these around. It was, it was a white, I remember. And uh, he was quite proud of it, but you know, um, it was because it was a Hollywood dude, he got it for free. But um, essentially what Elon Musk did right is he went ahead and created a prototype. He did it. He did not wait to, um, you know, as he said later in, his, in a USC commencement speech, anyone can build a PowerPoint, and built, thank you, Timothy, you'll be a zillionaire in the I like that. Um, but, you know, he went ahead and built a car. As bad as it was, he built a car, and that's the key. Now, um, my one of my very people I admire the most in the world is the is Clayson Christensen, who passed away in 2019. Um, actually, um, perhaps even in January 2020, I think it was. And he invented the term disruptive innovation, and he had huge effects on people like for example, Andy Grove took his book and distributed it to everyone in Intel, and they came up with the Celeron chip at the time, which revolutionized Intel um, back into the consumer space. They were losing ground, and um, Intel kind of 
came back from a very bad um, spin. Now, in his book, this is interesting, a true disruptive innovation first appealed only to a niche market and appeared less attractive than the powerful incumbent it eventually usurped. In fact, the incumbent typically looked down on it as inconsequential until it ate up huge swaths of its market share. So this little disruptive thing starts out and over, yeah, whatever, it's fine. And it starts eating lunch. A disruptive innovation appears inferior to incumbents, meaning the company's in place, and underperforms on traditional measures. But it opens up a whole new category of consumption to users and consumers who would never have consumed it before because it was either too expensive or required too much expertise to consume. Many think it means newer, better, faster, but what Clay actually found that was that a disruptive innovation doesn't appear as a better product, but as one that makes it more accessible or more affordable to a much wider audience. Ladies and gentlemen, this is water on demand. Water on demand, which believe me, we did not have that vision at that time. Um, took us a long time to come to, to form it. We're not perfect, it took us a long time, but uh, out of that sort of constant process, we came up with something that, you know, speeds up the adoption of decentralized water, of water being done by industry at the point of use by dealing with the financial issue and making it just a pure here, sign a contract and it's done fully outsourced. And that is a disruptive innovation here. So that's what was cool. And, um, and of course, since then we have gone ahead and as of November 1st, we started to bring in capital. So where are we at with the capital status of water demand? And I went ahead and grabbed a screenshot tonight of the live spreadsheet. We'll show you exactly what's going on. So here we go. Um, it shows on the left-hand side what, what's expected. And then the right-hand side, what actually came in. And you can see there's, we don't have it all in. Uh, we're coming, but at the bottom right, you see 927,500. We are closing in on that million dollars. As you can see though, the amount banked is basically double what goes into the sub because the structure of the investment is that uh, Origin Clear gives up its share um, of uh, profits, half of, the, half of the profits that it expects in order to get an, basically an advance on the uh, earnings to, in order to fund current innovation. So uh, out of $100,000 raised, $50,000 goes into um, water on demand and $50,000 goes into building the systems and so forth. Um, and we give the investor 50% on the, the, the 50,000, which gives them 25% overall, which is the deal that they get in perpetuity until that um, uh, water on demand subsidiary is closed out, which could be 25 years or whatever. And uh, so it works out very well. And everything's secured, either with the assets or with the company. And so um, it does mean, however, that we have to run twice as fast just to stand still because we have to raise twice as much money in order to continue to operate, which uh, I'm very pleased to say that between the efforts of um, the amazing, amazing contribution of philanthropic investors who really came through for us in recent years as um, our, our channel partner uh, and just it's so rare that that finders actually perform and then um, you know our existing investor base coming back 
again and again. This time it's not a high risk investment quite as much because it's got that asset built in. And so between those two and some more marketing avenues opening up, for example, Facebook, um, we're, make, we're definitely making it happen. So I don't quite worry as much. I actually don't need melatonin to sleep at night, which is good news. Um, and we're, you know, really rolling along. So we're going to end up with a million dollars. Um, and uh, Bob Bruce says, sometime please mention the location and name of the hotel with the super water. Ha, 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 ha. Well, okay, I'm not going to give you the name yet, but it is in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Brand new hotel. Um, and we're going to have uh, video and opening, et cetera. And there's more jobs coming from that same premium chain. So you can have some fun looking for that. And Timothy says, good job, team. Bless this project sevenfold. Let 100 million be banked. I know. Well, in fact, we're going for 300 million because starting with the current retail accredited investors, as you know, Andrea Agostino came on board. Sorry, Andrea Agostini came on board and um, has uh, the specific mandate of upsizing the company to be worthy of this amazing vehicle we've built. We've put together these subsidiaries, which are um, really partially autonomous so that they can operate on their own without um, you know, being affected by the parent. But we want the parent to be in great shape too. You know, All of the, um, um, the cap table cleaned up and so forth. Cap table means all the shareholder ownership. All that is in the works and you're gonna see amazing things happen so that ultimately we can do institutional investments. And that is obviously what we're trying to do. Let's take a look at um, the next slide because I interviewed this afternoon Manuel Viana, the general manager of Water Demand. He's been doing a fabulous job. Um, he's overworked and under, underpaid. So um, with that, I'm gonna go ahead and play that. Here we go. Manuel, it's a pleasure talking to you with this wonderful background that you are, you know, really a man after my own heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is in your honor that I chose this background, Riggs. Vale. Lone vale. mountain, big sky. <laughs> big sky rocks, for sure. Yeah. Uh, with that, uh, that 50 degree couloir right there at the top that you can uh, go, what's it called? Goat, goat run or something like that? That's like, yeah. like this? I have not tried it, I confess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Well, okay, so a lot's been going on. A couple of weeks ago, we had Dan early came up with some new bright ideas, and this has opened up the field because, you know, the concept for water and demand has been, we're going to do these, you know, paper gallon deals and so forth and so on, but that requires a whole contract management setup, which we're working on, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. Meanwhile, what do we do? And initially, we were going to do some lending, but it turned out that progressive water treatment was doing too well. And they have too much money and they're like, we don't need your money. So, um, so then we turn to some other ideas. Uh, tell me a little bit about, about what you, Tom and Dan have been coming up with uh, in the interim. Well, I mean, it's actually, as you said, we are building the business. We, we know the path we want to take, which mm -hmm. is towards the DBOO, design, build, own and operate. Obviously that requires a whole portfolio of skills and uh, relationships and resources that we don't yet have. So we, we're approaching it on a, on a, on a gradient, on a step-by-step -step basis, uh, but that's where we're headed. So we started looking and we see there, there are opportunities to do part of it. You know, uh, traditionally Origin Clear, of course, has been both PWT and MWS have been 
doing the, the, the design and build part of it, uh, mm -hmm. not the own and operate. Uh, well, we're, what we're looking at now are opportunities to do that, that the own part. Uh, there are opportunities, uh, as you've talked about before, uh, great opportunities in the sales pipeline that are stuck because of lack of financing. Mm. And uh, so we think of actually helping the customers with that uh, by renting equipment. So kind of what we're mm. calling rent to own. Uh, and this is basically not a rental business forever. In many cases is customers who have the financing lined up, but there's a lag between uh, the financing being awarded and them getting their hands on the money. Therefore, there's a lag on them placing the order. We're going to make it easier for them to actually get started because we're actually going to rent the, the equipment to them, install it, rent, charge the rents, and then provide them with an option to buy uh, or a contract to buy, depending sure. on the case, right? Um, that's great. And of course, the, we maintain the world one on demand model, which is we continue to own the machine until it's bought out, which is perfect, right? That's exactly right. And we and we see other opportunities as well, Riz, and we, you and I have talked about this with Tom. And then uh, there's also many situations where the customers uh, you know, are a little bit stuck because they have to make milestone payments ahead of being able to get the equipment installed and benefiting from the operation of the equipment. Mm -hmm. So we're also uh, preparing a program to basically provide milestone financing. Again, uh, the financing will go to the customer, so the milestone payments are made, uh, and we have the security of the equipment. We have the security of the equipment. We're not, you know, uh, leave, leaving that out as a as a unsecured loan. It's secured, and you know, we we just bridge them to the point where they can actually benefit from the operation. Yeah, and I was hearing anecdotally that it's especially a problem when one of our reps is dealing with the federal government, which is slow in making payments, and then the rep is kind of squeezed because they have a commitment to us. So if we can loosen it up, then of course we become a, a favored vendor for the rep because, hey, you know, we're, we're giving him something others can't give. And I think more and more, you know, he, he who, you know, the golden rule, he who has the gold makes the rules, right. we're adding capital to you know, an already good reputation, good technology from modular water systems, and um, the really the ability to just uh, be flexible. And I think what you're saying is, we'll do whatever works. Do they need to rent for a while? Do they need some milestone um, acceler or milestone um, deferral? I guess you could say. Um, right. You know, what do they need to make it work? And with the the ability, you know, to do that, then Tom and Dan and Mark can go out there and offer these things up and, and you can kind of be the mediator is what, I, what I'm seeing, right? That's right. And if you think about it, I mean, it's exciting because we're actually making good progress towards the DBOO model, right? We, we're adding the O part of the DBOO, the first O. Uh, and we are actually starting to work more closely with uh, engineering consultants. And in fact, we have been talking about making sure that in all of our sales processes, we have a, uh, an engineering consultant involved as a channel partner, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, which provides more help to the customer, uh, more credibility to our offering as well. And, uh, and that's one of the ways we're building the business. We're doing that. We're looking mm -hmm. at the pipeline of opportunities we have that may be stuck because of financing, and you've talked uh, a lot about it before, and we're looking for those opportunities that can be converted into uh, a rental or water-on-demand uh, model. And then we have some verticals that we have identified already, some niches 
that uh, seem perfectly custom made or uh, what on demand should be custom made for them, I mean. And uh, we, we're actually investigating those opportunities as well. So um, one of them is pump stations, right? Yeah, pump stations. We, we're looking at uh, a few verticals with pump stations, uh, breweries and wineries, mm. trucks, truck stops, uh, mm. you know, uh, RV parks and campgrounds. So these are all opportunities that there's a lot out there. The scale of them seems appropriate for us. Uh, you know, the big players are never going to go there. And importantly, for the whole business model to work, we can uh, employ standardized equipment. And again, we're not set on, you know, making, you know, we, we, we will be looking at make by decisions, if will, all the time, and we'll be happy to partner with other people. Uh, you know, we, we don't, it hasn't have to be our own equipment, because as you know, we're very limited in our capacity to supply that now. So well, we're so uh, maxed out. It's, it's uh, kind of ironic that something we adopted starting in 2020 to accelerate sales, and then the sales accelerated organically, and here we are like, okay, we have more business. Oh, I guess we'll just have to find other resources, which is a wonderful problem to have. It is a wonderful problem. And, you know, as long as we keep the customer relationship, we manage, we administer, manage the contract, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we can start and we are starting to develop relationships with different vendors, different potential partners to fill in the portfolio of functions that needs to be performed. And the glue, if you will, is... The customer relationship it's the kind of the, the the management of the whole like the general contractor role if you will then the management of the contract and the financing and that's the glue and that's where those are the three functions that we see ourselves playing all the time and then we'll fill in and work with other people as needed for the customer situation so from what uh, our basically our partners are um, the consulting engineers which is what dan is very excited about doing Right. The, the manufacturing sales reps that we have, who we, the, the more the more flexible we are, the more that tend to favor us. And then the third is other water companies, which may have their own contracts that we can then uh, finance and do the water on demand thing with. And you're saying that we've begun some of those talks? Yes, we have. And we're starting to pitch, for example, our water on demand uh, potential capabilities and services to uh, engineering consulting firms, and we're learning. You know, as we as we start doing that, we get the feedback, and we'll fine tune the offering, and we'll understand better. And uh, they become then a tremendous sales force for us, if you will, because they're exposed to many situations, and situations where they're scratching their heads together with their customers because they don't have the financing or they don't have the ability to put it all together. Uh, and that's where we can come in and partner with them. So I think there's a lot of potential there. <clears throat> Well, that is where we, I think we start really scaling up and becoming more of a financing company as opposed to building stuff. Um, I mean, we love to build stuff, but it's a slow expansion, as we know, um, and can't help but think that the more we can broaden our uh, footprint, shall we say, the, the more we'll have this ability to, you know, it's like a 16-lane highway versus a two-lane, right? You, you got this ability to run in parallel on so many lines. That's and right. I find that really exciting. I mean, um, are we overwhelming you yet? I mean, are you are you sleeping? It's busy. It's busy. Let me tell you, it's not like we have a big team. We have a very good team, but uh, not uh, not a very uh, large team. And so there's a lot to be done. And quite frankly, if we uh, the only way to get this done is really to have this kind of networked approach to the business where we know 
which parts of the value chain we want to play in and we're willing and, and happy to work with other people and let some other people come in on the business as well and mm. you know do some of the fabrication some of the installation and definitely on the operation side of the business where we do we do not have the capabilities in-house fully yet so it's going to take a while you know yes there's there's well that's where we are obviously going to do you know, buy versus build, you know, right? Because building t- takes too long. So we right. contract things out. And Dan has been very good about Dan has, has been using fabricators already extensively. Right. Whereas, you know, PWT does so much custom work that tend to do things in house. Dan has worked hard to standardize and to have, especially for his plastic housings, uh, use right. the fabricators. So I think that that is the right philosophy. Um, and what it means for you, of course, is you have to do very good at procurement managing contract managing, contract enforcement. I mean, this is where we're going to have to really invest in good in-house resources. Um, you know, green eye shade people, people who will like stay on top of it, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's, but that's, that's scalable. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, good investment banker types that, that and analyst types that can do this stuff much easier than getting experienced um, water types. Because one of the problems we have in the water industry, as you know, is a silver tsunami where, the water industry is aging out. Yeah. Now, the good news is the water companies servicing the smaller um, distributed water players tend to be younger. You know, they tend to be more in their fifties. The really older ones are in the municipal uh, environment. But right. still, I think that um, it's going to be easier to 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 buy financial um, know-how than water engineering know-how on an expansion basis. So, so we contract the water engineering know-how and then we staff up with the analysts and, um, you know, and the inspector generals and all that stuff that we need to make sure, you know, people running the network operations center. Right. We have, we'll have sensors and all. I mean, that right. stuff right. is, uh, it's almost a high tech play, really. It is, it is. I mean, it's, if you think about the business, I mean, philosophically, it's, it's about asset management. It's about project management. Mm-hmm. And then the operations management, and uh, we don't have to be uh, do it all in house. And uh, you know that's the way we're going to be able to scale this. And at the root of it is understanding the needs of these smaller and medium-sized customers that are kind of uh, not well served by the big players. And quite frankly, the standard standardized approach to uh, equipment and service that's essential for us to be able to scale up. So that's uh, it's almost like an industrial engineering meets economics kind of a situation. Well, that's the interesting part where we're, t- we're talking about, you know, as we go down the road, when let's say a water company in Atlanta is doing a contract that, that maybe they've brought and we're just basically financing, but then we can license to them our modular water tech as a sort of a preferred gold seal because we know how it works and we have right. the confidence. And so it can be part of, well, you know, this is a gold seal certified uh, setup. If you run that, then we'll be able to um, provide, and again, again, you know, the golden rule, right? So um, you want the financing, then let's have you adopt that. And so now people will have a reason to license this technology and that will make it more and more of an industry standard, which I think starts the ball rolling because in the water industry, like any industry, it's all about, um, you know, the, uh, the network effect, right? Uh, adoption leads to adoption, leads to adoption, leads to adoption. And if you can get that sort of cumulative effect going, then all of a sudden the cycle becomes, well, of course we're using this tech because blah, blah. And 
And um, I, I, I'm, I think that finally is a way that we can essentially, you know, by being a financier, I mean, look, if, if I'm a businessman and Bank of America is willing to lend me money, but they specify that it has to be A, B, or C, this mm -hmm. isn't a lot in real estate development, for example, right, right. then I'm going to use it because, hey, you know, uh, that's the condition for the money. That's right. So that, that I think is going to be very, very key. Well, Manuel, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really glad that you, you, you got your hands full and that you're, uh, you know, working too hard. I like that. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't go skiing there this year. <laughs> oh no no you got to go ski okay <laughs> exceptions to every rule i let me tell you something going skiing at steamboat springs was just it really really was great um and uh, i recommend it because you know you you get this well you know how it is you just this I wonderful do. feeling I of do. space you know um I, and i'm a strong believer and um that that work hard play hard so yeah good well, thank you for having me in your briefing. It's been such a pleasure, Manuel. Uh, continue the hard work. I really appreciate it. Um, and we're going to hopefully get another briefing in, in a month or so. And this time, maybe we'll bring in Tom um, and Dan, and we'll sort of make it a little round table and have some fun with it. Um, and hopefully, they, they, hopefully they'll behave. And they will. They will. <laughs> with advance notice, they will. <laughs> good, good. Okay. All right, my friend. Well, thank you. Have a good night and um, I appreciate you coming on. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Um, I'm going to quickly wrap up here. There's just a couple more slides to go. And then uh, I'm going to tell you what's happening next week, which um, is going to be incredibly exciting because we will discuss finally um, what's happening with the long-awaited um, coin uh, crypto plan. And it is beyond exciting. I know that Ken was filling in a little bit on, um, on what's planned, but it's going to be a lot more. Uh, Andrea has been working very hard on this, and we're going to have some preliminary look at it. Meanwhile, talk to Ken about investing in water on demand. It is an asset play, water like an oil well. You're going to find it really amazing. So just go to oc.go slash Ken on your browser or call him or email him, invest.originclear.com, and he will be happy to talk to you. Next week, we will go with crypto. Um, I hope this session was useful to you. Thank you all. Have a wonderful evening. Great weekend. Have a good night.